we all just tomatoes? Welcome back. Welcome back to, <laughs> to why Gardening do with Julie and John. People like anime. Like lagoons. I'm Julie. I'm John. And we are two two somebodies that tomatoes do on something. a vine that are uh, I don't <laughs> <laughs> just tomatoes on the vine I, I feel ready I, to get sauced. I feel like anytime we start with some sort of metaphor, I want to keep it going, but I never have any kind of yeah, it's it's, ammo to I, do it's so. really testing your ability to uh, to uh, think on the fly. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm I think I'm okay at that. To commit to the bit on the fly. Yeah. Uh, uh, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, like I was saying, we uh, have embarked on this journey to watch a lot of anime. To watch every anime ever produced. It started off as us not having seen nearly any, and we are beyond a year in. Yeah. Almost at 100 animes watched anime and talked about. Plural. What's and we're just trying to get to the bottom of it. What what's anime about? Why do people like it? Why should I like it? What's its deal? What's the deal with that? What's the deal with all of that? And this week is no different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to start with a strong intro this week. Sometimes we forget to intro. And uh, we, we kind of go. Like a mistake. We go right into a bit, or we uh, I don't know rehash I, something that happened that week. I just feel like I just feel like I want to get back into it. I want to feel like we're really we're really doing it here. Yeah. Uh, any housekeeping stuff? Any? Uh... Not really. I want to maybe apologize for how how little we remembered about season one of oh, Attack on God Titan. Damn it. No, I, I apologize for nothing. Okay, John apologizes for nothing. I maybe we could have. Uh, you know, watch the recap or yeah, something. whatever. But I put that on the anime. You know, like if it's a season two, you got to recap season one. You got to, you got to give us something. Bit. You got to at least be like, remember what happened? Now let's start. The story. I'm sorry, I didn't fucking remember. What's her name? And what's her name? Or Historia or whatever. Who cares? Oh, man, I want to talk more about the characters. Season sucked. I'm sorry, it wasn't that great. Um, but I feel like I still want to watch more of it. Yeah. Which we'll, we'll definitely do. Yeah, I want to talk about characters this week. I, I'm just like, I'm just on like a weird like thought train about like naming conventions and like, no, maybe not naming conventions, but like why certain characters are named what they are and like how much thought is put into it. Yeah. Because I feel like in this anime that we watched this week, the big O. The big O. Big O. And some of the character names are like, feel coded in some way. Yeah. Which we'll get into. Or they're like slight. A little bit. They're sort of references to just sort of cultural things to kind of inform the. Uh... Right. Like, or it's just the idea that like every name has sort of like a, like a tip of the cap or like a deeper meaning to. That's like. Something. Like, hmm, this character's name is Dorothy. Is that supposed to be making me think of other Dorothys I know and reference in, in culture? Oh, yeah, maybe some, some other Dorothy, who, a popular character from a... From a, from a different from a form movie. of media. <laughs> or like, yeah. you know, just... I don't know. I, it, I wanted to ask you, because John's a writer... 
John's been known to write some words. I've written a few words. And I was wondering if in any of your writing classes you ever talked about like naming a character good. Um, not so much. Does in that the, ever come up? Sort of. It's mostly in the way. Uh, there have been stories. I think like we we would go over in crit that the the character name would either be a little too distracting or um <laughs> it just wouldn't be like a good name right like i i, I remember so you'd only talked about it if it was like a bad take or just like a like a like a name that isn't distracting uh, it's like distracting or it feels a little too you know cuz sometimes it's like there there are names that just feel a little too referential to something and yeah. so then that leads like the class into a discussion of like, okay, like is this referencing like, you know, I don't know, Holden Caulfield or Ke- I'm just making shit up. Right, but, like, right. You know, is this referencing Blood Meridian or like what? Like what's the yeah? What's like the greater impact of it? So I think it it was never like a subject of a class like how to name your character or whatever. But you know, <laughs> I think it's. Um, I feel like a badly named character can really like kill the vibe well i think in i think in anime specifically naming conventions i i feel like it's almost more of a part of like the history of like animation to have like your character's name be something sort of strange or funny mm-hmm. or kind of for lack of a better word like cartoony different you different. know what i mean yeah Cause like another one in this anime is Schwarzwalder, right? Yeah. And this like Schwarzwalder is like a German forest called the Black Forest that is a setting for a lot of like grim, uh, fairy tales, like uh, the Brothers Grimm fairy tales, and he's like the <laughs> yeah. guy that's like crazy Joker vibe. Well, he he's actually not the old. He's more of um the scarecrow. The scarecrow vibes from because, Batman. Because God forbid there be. Two Jokers. Did you hear that Joker 2 is on the way? Is it really? Yeah. Is it still the... um? Still Joaquin Phoenix, same <laughs> still... director. Okay, sick. Uh, the subtitle is Joker Foley Adieu. I don't know if we needed a second Joker kind, movie. We kind of don't. Like, I feel like it was such a self-contained... It, it felt like a one-off. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it made a lot of money. So yeah. I'm sure they want to make another one. Since we're talking about Batman, let's say... Okay, so the big O... If you like Batman, uh, what is it, Batman Beyond? Batman the Animated Series or Batman Beyond. I was right, Batman Beyond? Yeah. Look how much I've, look how far I've come, John. Yeah. <laughs> look at how far I've come. Uh, if you like Batman Beyond, this is Batman for it, like a couple yeah. episodes, for sure. Very similar in style to 90s Batman and... Uh, the Batman Beyond and the sort of um, the burgeoning kind of uh, uh, DC animated output of the '90s because this was real. I think the I think production on this started in '96. Um, I forget when exactly Batman the animated series came out. I want to say like '94 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you know, oh '92 even earlier. So you know, obviously. I think the Batman the animated series had such like a it kind of it kind of changed everything for animation I would say in some way you yeah. know what I mean because like I don't think there was any sort of um it's interesting I I um I was reading like uh 
someone posted on Reddit, I forget what like what the thread was, but someone posted the like the show bible for uh Batman the animated series sort of like you know, I don't know if you know what a show bible is, but basically I was just about to ask what is a show bible. <laughs> so show bible is is usually like um it's it's sort of like the the showrunner or like the director sort of describing everything about like you know everything you need to know about like the show for prospective writers and stuff like that you know what i mean so huh. it's so bruce tim is is was like the showrunner for batman the animated series and so you know he's you know so like all of his writing is like you know we want to make this a very dark series that mm-hmm. isn't going to like pander to children right like we want something that anybody like there's rules yeah yeah like like it's not it's not like jokey stuff or whatever like the joker he's not going to be like an unserious character like he can have moments of silliness silliness, but it's sort of as like a counter to like the the scariness of the character and stuff like that and so right you know and it's it's kind of incredible to read that because like there's no real um there was no precedent for it in mm-hmm. like animation up until that point in my hmm. at least in my awareness i mean there there are a couple sort of american i mean like you know there's like sort of experimental stuff like fantastic planet or whatever and then like the heavy metal anthology film of the 80s or whatever but like you know in in, in mainstream television like there wasn't anything i feel like that changed the world quite like batman the animated series Mm -hmm. um and so i think uh stylistically and thematically right so i feel like even if it isn't i think they i i I read a little bit of an interview with like some of like the creators of this like they they sort of like it seemed like batman the animated series was like kind of top of mind (laughs) so like there is and i think there's a lot of shared staff between right the actual animation of this Batman the Animated Series and then also Cowboy Bebop, which Cowboy Bebop makes a lot of sense. There's also a little bit of a serial experiments lane pull. Yeah, yeah. The, the the writer of Serial Experiments Lane wrote most of the second half of this, which makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get away. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh we'll we'll talk about it, but it's um John's favorite anime. My favorite anime. <laughs> and once again, we're returning to uh, his body of work. What's his totally, name? Totally, uh, Chiaki Got something. It. I forget what his. I forget what his full name is, but um, I think he did the second half of this. Um, Chiaki J Kanaka. Yeah. And yeah, should we just talk about it? I feel like this show was like, without giving away too much, I feel like this was like they saw Neon Genesis. They read The Giver. <laughs> the they giver. they oh, saw man. Metropolis. Yeah, <laughs> and then they they got a little too heavy handed, in my opinion. And they the book Metropolis is in the show, featured prominently. A book called Metropolis, <laughs> right, with the font of the 1926 movie. It's a. How do you feel about that? Just like. Oh, I love it. Oh, just like the self-referencing. Yeah, I, like, I love oh, it. I, th- I felt like it was a little too on the nose. I think it's great. It's a little too on the nose for me. I think it's... um, I mean, it, it's... uh, 
I don't know. I I I uh, I feel like in anime when that happens, it's very. Uh, I find it really kind of entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think it's the and and the the two examples I'm thinking of are Metropolis and this, and then uh, the other our other favorite big mech show, uh, Gridman mm. with uh, the Neon Genesis High School. Yeah, it's just like it's a, it's like we know. It's like a it's like a tip of the cap, right? But it's like it's you feel like it's unnecessary. I I feel like distracting. I feel like it's distracting. Right. No, I feel like it's um it's treating your audience like idiots. Like in case you didn't get it, here's a book that has the name Metropolis on it. Now start thinking about Metropolis, guys. Stay with us, everybody. Yeah. And I mean this show definitely uh falls victim to having too many ideas. So <laughs> I, I think we're 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 coming to a conclusion and maybe we've come to this in the past, but like <laughs> most big robot shows are not about the robot. And this is another Can I can I make a brave and uh and uh vulnerable Let's hear statement here? Vulnerable, interesting uh, interesting this, word. This uh what? Why? No, I wanna hear it. I this show did not need mechs. No, it didn't. It totally At all. it it felt very it felt very tacked on for sure. Because it felt like they saw the success of Neon Genesis and thought if we have a future show, we need mechs and androids and let's get the guy from Serial Experiments Lane and let's uh let's start asking some big questions, you know. I was reading uh I was reading a little bit about the show and I guess the the show started with the design of the robot because the creator was like, "Yeah, well maybe Bandai will buy it." Right. It was like this can be a toy thing. Yeah, this could be a toy and they weren't really into it, but he kept the design and sort of like pitched it elsewhere. And the beginning of the show where it is very like it, I mean, it's it's like a Batman episode, like very structured and like a here's the problem, here's the here's solution, the here's the mystery, here's the main villain for this episode, right? And things get wrapped up at the end. We call we call on the mech, we call on Big O. Yeah, very. Um, it's kind of lighthearted and sweet, but right. also like still, in, but still deals with sort of like bigger questions. I think where the show gets bogged down is in like the later half when they s- try to turn something that they started one way into something else, into something bigger than it than it is. Right. I mean, it kind of it's like I feel like it, it it sort of starts as like this amalgamation and sort of amal- amalgamation. Is that is that yep. right? Yeah, you got it. Um, and sort of like I I feel like it was very much like kind of like a tribute to like kaiju and like tokusatsu. Right sort of programming which is like which kind of felt like like it felt like kind of bridging the gap between like you know the sort of flash gordon like serials and like the like metropolis and like the the yeah. kind of like you know dystopian well the sci the sci-fi sort of like i guess plot lines and sort of um structure of things and on the, and then also like the the 60s and 70s like kaiju tokusatsu stuff so you have like right and then later like you know obviously like sentai and like power rangers where you have like you're kind of like human action in like the first two-thirds of the episode and then the last third you have like your big robot fight right structured right so bing, felt, bing, bing. so yeah it, it definitely felt like 
I, I'm, I have a little bit of a less, uh, I don't know if your take is cynical, but <laughs> I, uh, I feel like they started sort of like all these kind of things in the air and then they sort of figured out what they felt like the show was about as they continued on in some way. Sure. I I I feel like this is like too many cooks in the kitchen. You know what it reminded me of is like uh, it reminded me of my thesis in in college, where I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna make a project about surveillance, and it's also gonna be about social media and and religion." You know, like right. And and this and every single thing like had to mean something, and. I think that's a mistake. Like to have to have every every and I have good things to say about the show too. <laughs> but my main critique is that when I was like going back and like you know kind of like reading about the show and everything, it was almost like every character like every little detail like meant something or alluded to something else. and applied to some like different theme that they were trying to get across is like how do we talk about like androids and robotics but also memory and time and (laughs) simulation simulation and creation yeah and creation yeah exactly i think it i think it gets a little too it's it's like the matrix and the truman show at the same time yeah (laughs) You know, it's just, it's just, uh, but it starts off as Batman, right? So, so for me, it's just the, it's a lot of things that I like, right? A lot of good ideas, but not a really like clear, concise thing through line Yeah, that kept me like super engaged in what the story was. I feel it's and it's also like I think it's like kind of uh man nothing like aside from Lane like uh Chiaki Kanaka like I feel like his stuff is is kind of like uh hasn't hit me the same way I mean mm-hmm. which isn't like I, I guess like it's not like a rare thing for like a writer to have you know their their main hit <laughs> their main hit and then stuff that kind of hit I mean it's like I don't know like I, I feel like you know Murakami it's like there was Norwegian Wood and then Wind Up Bird Chronicles. Like, those were the two main that kind of hit me. And I was able to, you know, I appreciate, like, the other ones, like Colorless. Sukuru. Sukuru and then, like, the short story collections and stuff like that. But, like, yeah, I don't know. But it is, I, I think it is funny how how uh, this guy just cannot stop. It's like identity is just all he's concerned about. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? I and it's so. like, and it's, it's. I think that it it eventually kind of, I I think this kind of differs from Lane in that I feel like by the time you get to the end of the show, um, it's like they they make like the references to other media prop. Like Mm -hmm. I I feel like the the characters almost become aware that they're in a program, right? Specifically, like an anime show. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I feel like that. I feel like that's one way you can take it for sure. Very Twin Peaks. It's very Twin Peaks. And but before we get too far ahead, like maybe let's just do Oh, a little, like what what's this, what's the show actually about? Yeah, let's let's just talk about like the structure of everything. At least try to. 
Uh, main character is Roger, and he is the negotiator. He is Bruce Wayne, a hundred percent, and he, he is the through line, which I appreciate. <laughs> This is how you do a big cast of characters, by the way. There is Roger and Dorothy, an android, who he rescues from his a... Like, uh, this, this, there's like this recurring criminal that kind of shows up who's kind of... He's uh, not very good at being a criminal. Yeah. Um, and so... Beck. He's negotiating for um, the life of this guy's daughter... And it turns out that they give him an android and he thinks that they're like duping him. Yes. But really that's yeah, his and daughter because it's a, his creation. Exactly. Uh, they also establish right off the bat that this is Paradigm City, which also like Paradigm City. I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> and it's a place where 40 years ago some event some impact happened. I mean, event happened where the third uh, impact. The third impact happened, and everyone lost their memories. And so there's this question. This is the 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 sort of like thing that I think they should have focused on is something happened. There still could have been mechs. Something happened that made everybody lose their memories. And how important is it that and and everyone's trying to get the memories back the whole time. Right. Well, everyone has their own sort of relationship with the memories. Like, I think you meet the show's kind of like femme fatale character, Angel, who's yes, sort of working for this other organization and is trying to the union, the union, and is trying to get as many memories as possible. Yes. So there's this emphasis on everyone trying to get the memories. Almost I, like a currency. Almost like a currency. Exactly. Almost like a, a lifeline. Like there, there's something, and I like that. I like the idea of memories as currency. Like what it means to not have the memories and who gets to keep them. So I, it's what made me think of the giver, a hundred percent. But yeah, just to finish my thought, this is how you do it. There's so many characters in this show, but the three main ones that continue to connect with each other and have their own sort of much deeper connections with everybody else going on. Roger, Dorothy, Angel. Boom. Everybody else doesn't need mega backstory. Yeah. Doesn't need like, you know, on, on a certain level, we get more from like the Rosewaters, right? Who sort of run Paradigm City. Um, Alex Rosewater is like the head chief, the the king president i don't know <laughs> yeah he's uh he's the closest thing to like a mayor and you later find out Paradigm. that that his dad may or may not have created everything everything <laughs> whoops spoilers uh yeah, listen I, I, i'm gonna say this like i feel like if if we're if we're talking about a show that's older than that's true like 20 like this this show is over 20 years old so it's like Right, exactly. I but I like sort of like talking about how I felt right. about the show, giving like no, a agree. little bit of like a groundwork, and then like, okay, now we're talking about the whole thing. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to stay structured here today. I appreciate <laughs> I'm trying to stay structured here today on the pod. I got every, I got the characters written down. Yeah. Okay, no, I, this, I did my I like homework. It. No, I did too. I, 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 uh... Somebody's got to hold it down. I'm, I'm, sometimes well... it's you, sometimes it's me. You All know right. what I'm saying? Fair. fair. It's true. 
somebody's got to have the answers to to who was that and what was that. Who is the guy with the face? The guy with the face. With the weird bandage face. One of my favorite episodes was the tomato episode. Oh, yeah. Which is why I led with it. Because it was like the minute I was like, oh, this show has legs. It just has way too many legs. And the, now I'm confused. Now I'm you know? afraid of this giant centipede that's exactly. crawling around my living room. <laughs> exactly. And it's chasing me around. But there's a great episode where Gordon, this old man, like Roger goes out to his farm and he starts talking about how how many times you can copy a tomato and it still tastes as sweet as the original tomato. Right. And what what makes it any less real than the original if it's just as good and tastes the same? And I was like, oh, we're in the Matrix. <laughs> yep. I was like, and they kept talking about Roger's awakening at a certain point. And I was like, okay, okay, we're in a dome. What's on the other side of the dome? I yeah. mean, it's sort of like, it's the it's Metropolis. There's the rich people live inside the dome. And then the rest of the world is a wasteland, right? Yeah, Paradigm City is pretty uh, lawless outside of the domes. Lawless. Similar to Metropolis, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I haven't actually seen Metropolis all the way through. I mean, it's an old movie. You've seen it, right? Yeah, I've seen it. R- what, r- was it from like a class? Because you saw Brazil also. Yes. And I feel like those movies are like yes. very connected. I don't remember which class it was. It literally might have been my English class. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, if you should have watched Ghost in the Shell too. I fully recommend that you try to watch like the things that everything came from. Like, if you like Blade Runner, go watch Brazil. Go watch Metropolis. Yes, they're old movies, but like they they laid the groundwork for a lot of things to come. If it's not your cup of tea, that's fine, you know. It's but good for in you. my mind, like it's nice to know when they put the Metropolis book out in this movie or in this show, you know, you know what it is at least. Watch Doctor Strange Love. <laughs> Watch Doctor Strange Love, exactly. Yeah, Metropolis is an older one. Very similar in in the f- this idea of like the rich controlling the the uh, poor, right? There's like the laborers, and they use an android. You should just go see it. I feel like it also Black and white. it also influenced like like architecture in media forever. Yes, like the the kind of uh, stylized. Yeah, like the. Art Deco. Absolutely. Because this this very, like, Big O, I I mean, it looks like Batman in a lot of ways, but, I mean, the city is also very, like, Gotham City, and, you know, there's all these gargoyles on, like, these skyscrapers, and he lives in, like, a big tower. As much as Gotham City is New York, Paradigm City is also New York. Yeah. Like, they reference, like, it's on 73rd Street. It's like, (laughs) okay, well... Yeah. Here we are on this like island city. Anyway, I forgot where I was going with everything. All the characters, you, you're, this might have been a point before, but you're saying how you like that all the characters have like their, well, you're talking about the tomato episode. I was talking about the tomatoes. Yeah. Yes. He was saying everything, every 
uh, I like sort of the the uh, philosophical question of if you copy something and it's exactly the same. What's the difference? What's the difference? Right. And then there's this sort of like flashback or maybe it's a memory that Roger's having where the uh, where there's like all these kids with barcodes in their eyes. Yeah. And there's also a flashback of there's like Rogers that are just being created over and over again. Yeah. And I have to ask, do you think Roger is an android or not? In the show, I feel like... Uh... Because, in, I okay, I do not. I think that he is human, but he is a clone. He's a copy of a copy. Yeah, I I think that... I saw a really interesting theory that was very kind of Old Testament that Gordon was sort of given a message by God after like the world destroyed itself to recreate everything. <laughs> oh, okay. And that uh and that he had to so he had to create like a new world for it and then Roger was chosen as like like kind of like a prophet character right. as like a negotiator to sort of represent like I don't know, the struggle between man and stuff like that. Right. Which I really liked. Sure. So I, I feel like I feel like they're they're sort of like the av I, I think that I think that everybody's an avatar for themselves yes. on a different plane of reality. Yeah. I just saw this uh, argument that Roger could be an android just because of the way that he speaks and then like how he interacts with Dorothy and then how he like doesn't really have the answer. Because, of course, Dorothy asks him, could they have fallen in love if she was human? Right. And he does kind of love her, but he he almost, like, doesn't know how to love her. Or, or like, he knows, he knows his rules, right? Like, he's, like, he wears black. He's, uh, everyone wears black in this house. Right. Which, you know, I respect it. And Good rule. He 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 respects women. Like he he like doesn't fight with women unless he has to or something. <laughs> he keeps making this comment that like he doesn't put hands on women. Yeah yeah yeah. And then and he's got these sort of like one liners. He's got like a, he's got moral codes certain similar to a certain uh, billionaire playboy. Yes. In Gotham City. But he's almost. I mean, you made the point that like maybe they're aware that they're in a show, right? And maybe, yeah, could be, right, that he's aware that he's a character that, like. Like, these are the these are the rules for this character, and these yeah, are the ways exactly. in which he has to act. Exactly. And then he's sort I, of. Sorry, go ahead. I don't love the idea that they know they're in the show. Because, just to skip to the end. The world is being destroyed, and we'll talk about the mega deuce, mega mega die. Horrible, horrible. Uh, in a minute. Horrible word for the robot. A mega deuce. So the big O is a mega deuce. There's also a big foe and big duo, and which big, I love. And big Venus. And big Venus. So big Venus at the end of the show is destroying everything. I believe she is the reason that uh, things got wiped out 40 years ago. 
She deletes everything, basically. I also saw a theory that the four Megaduces are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I saw a theory that the four Megaduces, Megadai, okay, are uh, the elements. Ooh. Fire, water, and... I like uh, it. Also pulled from... This is what I mean, though. Right. Like... Why the why the fuck did that? Do they need to be like like why is it, why why do we need to call be like angel is a reference to Lucifer because she's got her fallen angel wings and she's actually Venus ooh which is a symbol of fire Lucifer equals fire and yep. and like the behemoth is a reference to big do big O and it's like no 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 I don't need all that yeah I don't need all that it's too much. We need to we need to pick a lane. A serial experiment. <laughs> I saw John's eyes light up. <laughs> um, but uh, at the end of the show, what was I saying? Big Venus. Uh, Big Venus is like destroying everything, and Roger is negotiating. Yeah, the final right? the final conflict comes down to a negotiation. He says, which I liked. He says, no, no, let me get this out there. I liked that he negotiated it. I didn't like what he said. It seemed very, it seemed very like, I don't know, like. Did he, mans- did he mansplain existence? Pre- no, it was very like graduation speech. Like, uh, live in the present, live for the future. Let's not live for the past. Peace and love, you know. Uh, but then after this whole thing happens and you know, the camera lights up or whatever, and it returns back to the beginning, things have changed slightly. Right. And that makes me think that they don't know that they're in a show. Well, before that happens, though, Angel is looking at Roger's speech through all these, like, television screens, right? Yeah. And then the camera pans to, like, her face and, like, the wall behind her. Mm -hmm. And there's a big O poster with... Uh, Roger and Dorothy on it with like the show's logo and then Roger and Dorothy themselves walk, like kind of walk up to her and they put Roger puts his shoulder on her and then it resets mm, okay I did not I did not catch the poster because like I know there's like there's the lights it, the dome is like covered in like stage lights and yeah. there's like a bed uh kitchen that's a set on a sound stage and there's television screens so i mean i think it's definitely one way to go with it but i think i don't think i want to go that way with it you you it, it didn't seem like the right it, it makes it feel like the show it makes it feel like the answer is like and it was all a dream like i hate i, I hate and then they all woke up and they started over again I feel like I, I think the show almost writes itself into a corner in some way of being like the premises. All these things happen in a in a city where everybody forgot their memories forty years ago. Right. So it's like, okay, so you have to kind of dive into the mystery of like what exactly happened and everything. But then you know, it, it's like once you're diving into that, it's like, well, should the characters care? Like, why would these characters care about their memories? Like, what is missing? Because what it, are is they? It, is it about them being in a simulated reality, which is a TV show, or is it about characters that have actual memories? No, I, yeah, I, I think that's a fair 
I think that's a fair point. I just feel like you can't have both. I prefer the memories than the Truman Show route. I prefer the Matrix route than the Truman Show route. That's just my preference. Right. And I feel like you really can't have both. Like, if you haven't seen the Truman Show, you should you should watch it 100%. Isn't that Jim Carrey in the Truman yeah. Show? Jim Carrey Jim. At, at his finest. Is it? I thought... How come we never finished Sonic? I don't know, because I, I wasn't... <laughs> it was funny for like half an hour, and then I was kind of like, I don't know if I actually want to finish this. John does this thing where he'll start a movie as a bit... And then stop it halfway through, and that like hurts. It's like and then Julie. I'm gets like, we have to it. finish. <laughs> Julie got into the Sonic movie. Well, it's just one of those things that now it like hangs over me that like we never finish that. I mean, we can we can. I don't like starting things and not finishing them. We can definitely watch it. Um, I don't, I don't know. know Something came to. up. What's that pop up? Uh, this. Yeah. Uh, these are just the start. Best Buy. Oh, I thought I thought you were on Procreate and like a bunch of pop-ups came up. No, no, I'm I on was, the wiki. I was like looking at I was the like, characters. What the fuck is kind sorry. of spywares on my goddamn iPad? <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, sorry. Uh, I I think what did I, you like about the show. Um, what do you what do you do? You want to talk about the robots? Yeah, they're they're cool. Cool robots. Would cool. you have bought a toy robot? Yeah. Would you have watched this show as a kid? Um, I didn't watch the show as a kid. So it was on Adult Swim when I was a kid, but it's I on Toonami. Yeah, it seemed like <laughs> I think as a kid I was like, I don't think I'm gonna understand what the show is, and I didn't really care for giant robots then. Right, I wasn't in like a big robot phase then. I think I was kind of coming off of it. Like I think, um, you know, as a kid I liked Power Rangers and then Gundam a little bit. I think I just I, I didn't I don't think I actually really watched Gundam Wing. I think I just liked the model of like the main one. Um and then Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I something about like I don't know, something about the show didn't totally like appeal to me for some reason. Like I thought it would just be like big robots. Yeah. And I think I was still kind of figuring out like what I was into, so I, I think I probably opted to like play video games instead of watching it. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's more so to my taste. I think like, I think this is like a good show if you're like 16. I guess so. Yeah. It feels like it. 16 to like 20. It wants an kind of older crowd than maybe what it should. It's, (laughs) well, it's like, I, I think, um, it's definitely, and I think it's, it's, it's very clear like why it was, it wasn't like a runaway success. Because like I think it was it's a little it's a little messy. I'll say that. Like I think it's I don't think it's bad. It's messy. I liked it. I liked a lot of it, and I feel like I'm gonna kinda probably keep thinking about it. Right. Um and in that regard it's a success, right? Right. But I, I think it's it's understandable as to why this wasn't like and I think this was also maybe Adult Swim's like first foray into sort of co producing a show. Because I think they had I think they had some sort of, uh, I don't know, I don't know if opinions is the right word, but like they had some sort of say so on the second season, <laughs> um, in terms of like what should be resolved and stuff like that. Like they had feedback for the, for the the company, which I think is kind of interesting. <laughs> um, and it, it definitely it definitely seems like the sort of um, it makes sense like why this was like an Adult Swim 
show because you know all the batman stuff and then you know i I feel like i feel like when adult swim was kind of coming into its own it, it sort of needed to branch like probably from like an american audience to like anime and i feel like the look of it is at least like very kind of batman-y yeah um so yeah. i don't know i mean the main difference with batman is that it could it's it, it it was big enough that they could have sort of the episodes that were mini storylines and then have like the the overarching like where the series is going you know because how many episodes is Batman Beyond? Like, like hundreds, right? Well, so, like, <laughs> uh, Batman Beyond, I believe, is 52. <laughs> I think uh, Batman the Animated Series, I think, is maybe in the hundreds. Like, these are, like, big shows. Yeah. For sure. Um, I also think... Space for all of these ideas to sort of have air, you know? I feel like Rogers' profession as a negotiator is sort of strange, uh-huh. Because it's like it's not like it's not really a job that exists necessarily, or at least like how is he rich, right? Well, well, yeah, it's like how is he rich, and it's like, but he doesn't know why he's wit- why why he's rich, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, that's Whoa. that's part of it. Um, but I don't like I I feel so it's like the the show's plot lines are all kind of like, hey, the power station is fucking with us. You need to go talk to them, and so like. On the surface of it, it's like he sort of has to negotiate with like the power station to kind of give the city power back or or fix it or whatever, as opposed to like, which which is kind of like a way in as opposed to like you know Batman's a detective and he needs to go detective stuff, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like I I I thought it was an interesting choice to have like him be this negotiator, especially in the sense that like. In some ways, he's like a negotiator for humanity to the creator, Gordon, later in the show. Like, I feel like there's that kind of metaphor where he is like the the voice of the people in some way and the voice of the people to Angel before she annihilates existence. Right. So I think it's I, I think like that's like another sort of turn of something having like an extreme amount of meaning, even if it doesn't necessarily smoothen the plot because like he should have just been like a detective right right because like the whole the whole show is kind of begging for him to just be a detective and for this to just be like i mean they're playing like jazz music the whole time like the music film noir i love the music by the way but then then again the music is also like too many ideas in my mind because of the the twilight zone ref there's like a twilight zone bit there's like almost like Scooby Doo bits where it's like whoa, you know, like yeah. like almost leaning into the cartoony aspects of it, and then there's just like straight up like detective film noir jazzy. I feel like know. I don't know. I feel like it all kind of suited the vibe. No, it was fun. It, it was all for the vibe. Vibe check. The vi- vibe check was passed. Passed. Um, I hate the word vibe. I I yeah I. I I don't know. I I I think we we've had this discussion about the the exact use of vibe that I don't like. Yes. Um, yes, I think we've even had this discussion on the podcast. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> where is this on the matrix of cool, good, this, surface freaker? This is ooh, ooh, cool, good 
Is it cool or is it good? All right, I think this is cool uh, s- surface. Really? <laughs> Man. You think it's cool freaker or good freaker? You think it's a good freaker? I think it's... Huh. It's not really surface. It's But it's I have like... a hard time saying it's freaker because it's it's too... It, it spoon feeds a little bit too much in my opinion. I, I don't know though because it is like... I don't know if it's spoon feeds just because there's so many. There's so many routes you can take. There's so many interpretable things in it, right? Exactly. Th- the, the things that are like, I think it, it, it wants to let you know that like the tomatoes are a metaphor for whether this is like a simulation in like a matrix sense or they're all in a TV show. Right. And they're like a copy of an existing person or an existing entity. You know, there's right. that there's that aspect of it, and they sort of, you know, they really want you to know that um, uh, Gordon is like the creator of the world. But then, you know, it's like, well, what do the robots mean? What do the robots mean? <laughs> like, like, is it? Why do the robots say what is it? Cast in the name of God, ye not guilty. Are the robots sentient? I don't know. Because they're what's the difference they, between they allude, Big O and Dorothy? They allude to the fact that Big O makes its own decisions at a certain point. Yeah, and that Big O cho- chose Roger. This is what I'm saying. Is it about the robots or is it about something else? Is it about what do you? Is it about everything? What do you want it to be about? You know, it's yeah. not enough episodes for it to be about everything. This is like classic. When you put an outfit together, get it all on, and then take one piece off, take the robots off, or keep the robots. Take the um, take anything else off. Did you, you want. did you want this to be more Batman? I enjoyed the Batman quality of it. Like if it was if it was straight up like just him like doing detective stuff almost. Yeah. I think I, I kind of wanted that a little bit too, if I I'm being honest. You know what? I could have uh, withstanded the robots if they had uh, not brought them in so early, right? <coughs> because the way that they do it is like, Roger can just call upon Big O any time willy-nilly. And he shows up and there's a mech fight. But like, what if it was like the mechs didn't show up till like almost the very end? Right. Then... Like almost like if they had planned the show out, <laughs> it just feels like um, I feel like we've talked about this before. Like when a little kid explains a show, like explains a story to you, and each iteration of the story, things get weirder and stranger. Right. You know. Today at school, I packed a gogurt, but a llama came and ate my gogurt. And I had to ride the llama into the sky, you know, like <laughs> I never told stories like that. Like every, I told the truth every step along the way. I'm a truth teller, Julie. They're just making it up as they go. That's how I'm felt. like Dave Chappelle. You're a truth teller. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I feel like you have a very cynical take on this show. Well, I'm just I'm just saying. Do you think uh, they bit off more than they could chew? Exactly. Like, literally, there is a section on this Wikipedia page for robots. Hold on, I just closed it. This whole section is called Jewish Mythology Allegory. Ooh, You know what I'm saying? That's awesome. ah, 
That's like yes. the, that's like the spice of life. It's popular. It's properly believed that the three bigs are allegories of Jewish mythology, mythological creatures, Behemoth, Ziz, and Leviathan. I love it. Listen, I'm all for like being like researched and like having references, but something about they're not like. Something about Neon Genesis that I think made it more successful than this is while they were referencing certain things, you still have to kind of like piece it together for yourself. Whereas this this feels like different somehow. It, I think I, this feels very much. Um, it feels, this feels like a team made it. It feels like versus... they were like, oh, this is a prerequisite for doing a show like this is to have these sort of references. I feel... You know what I'm saying? I think... Yeah. No, I I see what you mean. I feel like... I think... I think Evangelion was a very singular vision as to what, like, what the limits of, like, reference will be in this and, like, why... why things are referenced specifically versus, like, what things only exist in, like, this reality and this, like, um, this lore and this sort of... You're right. Palette or whatever. Whereas, you know, this, it's like you, you know, if you have Adult Swim executives voicing their opinion and sort of pushing the direction of the show in some way, even though, like, obviously, like the creator has, he wanted to have like the starting point of like reference, referencing like the tokusatsu stuff and the kaiju stuff and mm-hmm. like Metropolis and all these things. And then, but then you bring on board somebody else with like a very specific vision, like, uh chiaki kanaka right you have all these sort of you have a big mixture of a lot of different things happening at once yeah and it would be one thing if like they connected in some way towards the end but in my mind like these sort of like kind of ambiguous references all went off on like in their own direction and like yes while we can talk about like what the mega deuce means and like go down that road it feels totally separate from the tomatoes you know yeah the tomatoes and the androids and memories it's like what happened it's like a band it's a bit it's like a a band with equal say versus like a solo project (laughs) yeah 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 so it's like all things i liked but they felt like three different shows yeah at least two different shows. Avon Galleon is Elliot Smith. Big O is uh, Fallout Boy. <laughs> Where it's like when it's on, it's very on. But then you have like a guy in hardcore. You have a guy who wants to be a pop singer. Right. You have a guy who wants to be friends with Jay-Z. Oh, man. You have a guy who just wants it to make a lot of money. Versus, like, you have a guy kind of singing about his life and his I, feelings. I'll say this much. Uh, high rewatch value, though. I definitely want to rewatch it. Like, I could watch it again. It's very... Uh, I could throw this on. It's very... It was a very relaxing show, I gotta say. Yeah. In a good... Like, in a good way. Like, I felt... It wasn't if, stressful. It wasn't stressful and it wasn't, like... Uh, it didn't stress me out. Didn't the put way, me on edge the way Neon Genesis did. <laughs> right. I feel like we were both in like a conniption by the end of Neon Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> I like, was. I feel like I was pacing around. It was like a screaming monkey. Yeah. Just yelling at the TV. Yeah, totally. 
Whereas with this, it was very like, oh, okay. Throw on a few episodes, kind of chill out. I mean, it's it's very much like, it's just like the different kind of episode style where it's like you have, you know, you have a lot of sort of self-contained episodes and then like, you know, then the second half is sort of um leading to like this one kind of narrative. And I feel like certain shows where it's like, I mean, even like Gridman, even mm. though some episodes were like self-contained, it's all sort of like mostly a part of a bigger story. Right. And so that's like, it's a, it's a little less chill than, than this. We didn't even talk about like the Joker villains. Oh, yeah. Like what, what, there's what? like not not to say that there's even more of the show that we haven't even touched on, but there's like at least three sort of villainous uh, characters there's um, Schwartz, Schwartz, Schwartzy boy. Alan Gabriel. Alan Gabriel. They all have like who is nor- the Joker? They all have like kind of normal names too. It's not like that's the jokester. It's like right. yeah, that's Alan Gabriel. He really likes pinstripes and he's a fucking half mech and he wants to kill everybody. Right. And then there's um, Beck, who's like the blonde guy, right? Your big ear. It's just it's just like if the show was just that, I don't know if it would hit. I mean it would be fun, but it wouldn't it wouldn't hit. And then there's that there's Alex Rosewater who's like the mob boss. Right. Sort of villainous. Mayor of Paradigm. He's even got a butler. Yeah, they're really they're really uh He's even got like a British style butler that makes him breakfast. Norman. Norman. We have like the police chief, Dan Daston. Yeah. You've got your 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 Gordon <laughs> who's on your side but is like, hey man, you can't just come in here and blast things that were like, thank you for saving the day and everything. But we got rules here, man. Yeah. He's he's that character. I thought, I thought it was interesting. His last name was Daston, which is very close to Datsun, which was like an, uh, a now defunct Japanese car maker, <laughs> sort of like Japanese like hot rods. So it's almost like naming him like Chris Chevrolet or something <laughs> like that. Okay. You know what I, I mean? Chevrolet. Just just like sort of things that like kind of. Like car, cool cars. Yeah, sort of triggers some cool weird cars from memory. the 60s and 70s. Does that trigger some weird memory for you? John Camaro. Well, if I change, we should change our last name to Camaro. No, or I'm already having a hard time changing my name. Yeah. <sighs> so, John, why do people like the Big O? Because it's cool. It's hip. But it's is it good? Stylish. <laughs> it's fun. It's forward thinking. What? Uh, Try to think of a real reason. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a. I think it's a good show. <laughs> I don't. I, I think. I think it gets a little too carried away sometimes. I think it's a. I think it's a little too. Uh, gets a little too heady at times. But ultimately, you know, it's like. I I would rather there be a hundred more big O's than a hundred more. Attack on Titans. <laughs> okay, rude. First, I, first I of all, rude. <laughs> but second of all, like the way it looks is great. Like it looks amazing. It holds up. The way it looks really holds up. But 
you know, I don't think it's like a it's it's a little funny that a show about memories is uh getting lost to time a little bit. Yeah, it's very um I mean how apropos. I think every every apropos. time every time we watch an anime, we usually kind of jump around and see um you know what other people on YouTube their sort of takes were and stuff. And there just weren't a lot of them. No. I mean there there's you know we like, also have this on DVD, right? Mm-hmm. Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Like it's not on any of the streaming services. Like I had to, I had to purchase it. Yeah. I and um, it's not a long show. Twenty-six episodes. They let it go after twenty-six. Same as the Ant Genesis, though. Yeah. The first run. So uh, big O. Why do you think people like it? I I think people liked it for the earlier episodes and then a whole different group of people liked it for the later episodes yeah i think those those people didn't quite cross over the way that you would want something for a show with two seasons so first half wanted this sort of like anime episodic style show where they could pick an episode and watch it and have a beginning, middle, and end and not have to commit to watching 12 episodes to get the whole story. Yeah. Because there were like several episodes where it was just like, this is, we're going underwater. We're like, we're doing the, wasn't there like the theme park or something? Yeah, there's like a carnival. Yeah. There's like little pieces of the puzzle that you could, you know, you it's the cupcake. Not the the whole enchilada. Yeah. But then the second half, it was like everything was uh everything felt like it ended with to be continued <laughs> or something. Yeah. And you know you you have to sort of like slog it through a little bit, even though it still like looked the same and felt very similar, and was easy to watch in that way. Right. You're just still like committed to sort of the unfolding of this mystery of the city and everything can you imagine if they just like didn't tie up anything you know yeah that'd be great like (laughs) it was like paradigm city what what did happen 40 years ago yeah i mean no one's gonna really know no one's gonna remember what's gonna happen at the end of this anyway you you said something that really kind of hit me for some reason which is that the show is kind of lost to time and it's like i feel like this this really kind of fits in with you know, and I was 10 and starting to get into stuff. I felt like there was like this very, um, I'm sure I'm like misremembering a lot of the specifics, but like, I feel like the nerd identity was very different in like the 2000s than it is now. Right. In the sense that I think so many interests have kind of like atomized and that like, you know, you can be so far into one specific niche as opposed to like being more like kind of like well-rounded into like a lot of things in the way that like. I feel like the Kevin Smith kind of definition of like nerd was sort of like at the end of the night, specifically like I, I, I'm sort of like brought back to this memory of, um, so there's this mall in San Francisco called the Metreon and it's, it's kind of a piece of shit now, but it used to like, it was, it was like a, a kind of, uh, it was a combo shopping slash like entertainment destination for san francisco sort of headed up by like sony so there's like a there's like a specific like playstation store in it 
Okay. Like, I don't think a PlayStation store exists anywhere else. Um, you know, and there's like this arcade with, um, do you know, like the comic artist, artist, uh, Mobius? That sounds familiar, but I don't know. I'm not actually like familiar. So there's like this arcade called like the airtight garage. That was, um, I believe it was called that, that like had like all of his like artwork and stuff. And was like very kind of built around like his, like, um, you know, his work and everything. And there's also like this, like kind of, there's a comic store in there. Um, and I remember, I remember going in there like when I was like 10 or something. So like, you know, they had all these comics and then like, they would also have like a couple of like Gundam figures and like the big lost in space robot, like a life-size version of that. (laughs) Um, like Star Wars ephemera. Right. Um, the guy had like a, uh, like a cure shirt. Um, I think they had some records and stuff, but it was like, it, it all felt very like a part of kind of like a unified, like, you know, you're into this and it can, it can be cool because you can, I don't know, like it, it never, it was like nerd, but it wasn't like, uh, lame if that right. makes sense like yes, it, was, it was just I, I being will, into i will counter this cool recollection with uh when we went to seattle recently we went into a we were like "Ooh, what is this store and it had harry potter stuff and rick and morty stuff and star wars stuff and but it was like products like really like uh it was like hey you're a nerd come on in it felt the very... water's fine yeah but it was just this like amount, this like big pile of stuff that like felt like junk almost. Yeah. Like, hey, you like nin- Nintendo? Nintendo. Yeah, here's you know? a big Mario or whatever. And you know, like, and and maybe, and maybe it's just a matter of like me being ten at that time and not almost thirty, and and. Having, my, having sort of like wide-eyed wonder about the yeah whole and having thing. and being a little not cynical about it and but i i don't know it just seemed like there was and i feel like big o and um you know cowboy bebop and these other sort of 90s anime kind of fit into like you know you can like you know heavy metal and comics and weird stuff but you also probably have a few of these like anime vhs's or dvds lying around and stuff right yeah so i feel like and i feel like that identity is like probably no longer in existence or it's like been atomized into like other things those people have like you know the guy working there in the cure shirt is now like 40 or 50 you know what i (laughs) mean so he's no like it's so like a new wave now all he cares about is his mortgage yeah so like a new wave of um I don't know. People into anime is now around, and stuff like Big O is kind of left in the past. Yeah, I don't know. But it is what it is. You I know? don't know what it all means. I just think it's silly that a show where people forget things after like a forty-year event. Now we're on to almost forty years, and it's nowhere to be found. Yeah. What a depressing but, end for this episode. But um. But. Totally worth being found. How's that? Yeah, no, I I, I think I think the show definitely. I think I think the the show lives on as like if you were to Google good anime, (laughs) I think Big O is typically on those charts. Yeah, and I feel like it deserves to remain there. You know what I mean? Like I feel like this is still on quality alone. Yeah, like even without any of our like 
you know, issues with the storytelling or whatever. Nothing else looks like it. It looks amazing. Yeah. And it still looks amazing. And especially after Attack on Titan, which I still think does not look right for some reason. Maybe it gets better. Who knows? It's too polished. There's something weird about it's, it. It's it's just weird. Yeah. Uh, and, and some of these like bigger mass produced shows, it just like feels, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but like the fucking freeze frames, I can't deal with it. <laughs> it's awful. It's so boring. Yeah. Even if it's like, I, I understand why you're doing it. Like it's a huge action scene. Like if it moved, it would be hard to make sense. It would be like really hard to look at on my tiny iPhone screen, <laughs> you know, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But it just comes off as like a weird, like stylistic change that I just, I never liked it. Do you feel like all right? And sort of outside of that, but like, have you ever noticed how like all Netflix shows kind of look like shitty? They all look the same, right? It's because it's so that way, like on a low quality, phone connection you can still make out everything man i see people watching netflix shows on the train on their phones and i'm like why yeah it's pretty weird i'm like i i just don't i just can't make sense of it like i can watch a youtube video but like really a whole a whole ass tv show i just can't imagine like working on a show and like being like the lighting tech or something and then like sitting next to somebody on the train and being like fucking cool. kyle's watching it on his, goddamn on his iPhone. iphone yeah <laughs> getting text messages but he has like, like he has like minimized so he's like texting people yeah, or like exactly, looking through instagram exactly. well i mean that's like it takes a lot to keep people's attention nowadays but yeah but if you have a, a decent attention span i would recommend you go see the big o i would also recommend buy the blu-ray it. Totally, it's um, what was I gonna say? Um, can't remember. It deserves its flowers. It deserves its tomatoes. And so do we. If you enjoyed our episode, please consider dropping a five star review on iTunes or a five star rating on Spotify. Hey, S- you can also follow us on Instagram at Why Do People Like Anime and tell us why do people like anime. In the you comments. Can, you can message us and you tell us, us what you thought of the big O. Did we hit on all of the every tiny detail? Did we did we get every tiny detail out of this show? Tell Probably us. not. Tell us what we did. Tell us what we did. Tell us what we didn't do. And tell us what to watch next. And because uh, next week there will be more anime. There will be. Drive Thanks. safe. To viewers like you. Good night. (laughs)